Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I know that's a short passage. We're interrupting the ongoing conversation that the author of the letter of Hebrews has been having with us. Uh, the author to the, letter, to the letter of Hebrews begins what we have as the 11th chapter with a working definition of what faith is. And then the author continues on by giving us examples of faith. He starts with Abraham and the call of Abraham and what Abraham looks like. Then he moves to Moses and he talks about Moses and, and, and the call to go back to, to, to Egypt after Moses has fled and found a really good life, got married and settled down, left that old life behind. And then the author reminds us in one sentence about the Exodus. How when the Israelites, freed from captivity by God's power in Egypt, find themselves at the shore of the sea, they find themselves with no place to continue to travel through. And Pharaoh's army coming, coming, coming. It's a tactical, brilliant maneuver. Pharaoh thinks he's got this buttoned up because he's got a bunch of ragtag slaves that maybe have carried some weapons with them from Egypt and maybe has some instruments that they can use, but they've not been trained to fight against a professional army that over, overpowers them easily in numbers with their back to the sea and nowhere to run. And one of the things that we understand when we, un, when we understand that story is that even in impossible situations, God makes a way, Right? Because God through Moses parts the sea. In fact, if you go and you check out in the book of Exodus, this entire saga, Moses is crying out to God and God looks at him and says, why are you crying out to me, Moses? I've already given you the authority. I've already allowing you to draw on my power. Stretch out your hand over the, over the sea. Tell the sea to part. And Moses does and the sea parts and they walk through on dry land. And then when they get to the other side, God tells Moses, Moses, stretch your hand out across the sea again and command it to close because you're going to see this day that I'm going to fight your battle for you and Pharaoh's army is lost and I guarantee you you've heard that before somewhere haven't you whether you've heard it in a sermon or a Bible study or whether you've heard it in a Sunday school lesson or whether you've heard it in a devotion or whether you have heard it by a meme of some kind on some page of social media there's a reference to it somewhere about You've heard about God parting the sea and making a way. And it's true. It is so very true. I imagine there's been times in your life that if you look back on it, you stand amazed at the work that God has done in your life because there was a situation that you were in. There was no way that you saw that the ends were going to meet. Or there was no way that you saw that it was going to work out. And yet, God made, and yet God made a way. But there's more to it than that when we're talking about the example of faith. Yes, to be whom God has called us and created us to be requires us to have faith that even wherever God is calling us to whatever situation, even if it seems impossible for us, that if God is calling us to it, God will make a way. But I also think if you're like me in the life of faith, we don't just need to see ourselves as the example of the Israelites here. We also need to see ourselves as the pursuing Egyptians. See, here's the deal, the part of the story that gets overlooked. 
Has Pharaoh witnessed the power of God right in front of him? Yeah. He has saw the plagues that God has brought on Egypt. Because remember, God sends Moses back. Moses says, hey, God has sent me to you, Pharaoh, in order for me to tell you that you are to let his people go. And Pharaoh says, I don't even know your God. I don't know what you're talking about. And so God sends plagues, right? You remember that? You ever see the movie, The Ten Commandments? You got, you got some, the, the, the waters of the Nile turn into to blood. You've got flies, you've got bulls, you've got frogs, you've got all of these things that happen. And Pharaoh witnesses every single one of them. Pharaoh sees the power of God, that when God says this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. Finally, when the angel of death is sent, Pharaoh relents, lets God's people go. But then Pharaoh got to thinking. Pharaoh got to thinking, who is this God that has done all this stuff? Who is he to tell me what I should do with my people? Folks, that's my property. The possessions that are mine and a kingdom that's mine. Well, I'll just go take it back. He ignored the fact that he has already seen the power of God. He just decides he's going to go do it. And it leads to utter destruction. The struggle in the life of faith is not just the point of we understand that God calls us to things that sometimes seem impossible and we trust that God's going to make a way. But what happens when God is calling us to leave something that we know? To leave something that we think is ours. To make a life change that looks nothing like what we've experienced before. When we've witnessed God's power and we have witnessed God's might and we have witnessed the promises of God being fulfilled. But when God calls us and says, I'm changing this. I'm taking this away from you. Because there's something else I want to put in its place. Do we have the faith to let go? Or do we pursue whatever it is that we think we are owed? Whatever it is that we want? Whatever it is our own opinions and our own desires create for us, do we pursue that even against the feeling of faith and the calling of God? See, that's the real struggle in the life of faith of becoming whom God wants us to be. Uh, there is a, a book out there entitled Good for, you know, Going from Good to Great, and it's about leadership and da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's really good stuff. If you're into leadership stuff, it's a really good book. If you're not into leadership stuff, it's a kind of a boring book. But there is one really good line in it. I mean, there's several, but there's one really good line that's apropos for right now. The enemy of great is not bad. The enemy of becoming great is good because in our lives we like good enough we like comfort we like stability we like planning we like knowing what's going to happen and everything falling into place or am i the only one that enjoys that nah i guarantee it. how many of you have already got plans for tomorrow have an idea about what you're doing what's going to happen and i guarantee you all it takes in our worlds to get us discombobulated is what happens when something doesn't work out the way we thought it would. I remember when Benjamin and Robin were babies. Wonderful, favorite time of my life. Once they got to sleeping through the night, it was awesome. And I would make the plans. 
about what time I was going to get where the next day. And it never failed. Anytime I had something that I had to get to at a certain time, those little, that's when those little jokers would have a blowout like you had never seen before. Or when they would get sick. Or when, when something would happen and their world would stop. It still happens. On the days that I have the most stuff going on, that's when I want to get a call from the school because someone got sick or someone's in the principal's office or whatever it might be. And it throws my world into a tizzy because, oh, I've got these things that I've got to get done and this is what I'm pursuing. And I miss. I miss what's happening right in front of me. We can get so caught up in pursuing what it is that we feel called to pursue that we miss when God's saying, oh, wait, 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 wait. You you wanted a new life, didn't you? Didn't you claim the resurrection? Were you here on Easter when we celebrated Christ's resurrection over death and the grave? Were you here to hear that you have a new life in Christ? Did we miss where Paul told us that when we become followers of Jesus Christ, the old is taken away, everything becomes new, we are a new creation? You signed up for that, right? You said, that, that's it, that's what's missing. There's, there's something in my life that's not being filled, and this is it. And we said, God, we want to give you everything that we are. We want to give you our lives. We want to become the the clay. We want you to be the potter. We want to be the canvas. We want you to be the artist. And yet every Sunday after we leave here, we try to pick the brush back up ourselves and we start trying to put our own strokes on it, don't we? I know that you have faith to trust that Jesus Christ has got you for all eternity. I know that you have faith that when it doesn't seem like there's a way that God will make it. I know that you have faith to pray for those who are sick and stand in need of God's healing touch. I know that you have faith to pray that God will show you the direction that God wants you to go. But my question is, do you have faith to let go of what you think you know? And stop pursuing what you think you're, de- you're owed or deserved. And trust where God is leading you in something you've never imagined before. I don't know about you, but that's the real struggle of faith for me. I know God's got me for all eternity. But do I truly live like God's got me tomorrow? Or for that matter, this afternoon. Or actually, right now. It's one thing to cross the sea when you see the sea walls parting. It's another thing to stop pursuing anything other than the holy will of God for our lives. When we pray together the Lord's Prayer, That's what we ask God for. That his will would be done on earth just as it is in heaven. That we would seek first and only the kingdom of God. The righteousness of God. 
and trust that everything else that is needed will be given to us in time. That where God is calling and where God is leading, God is making a way. And sometimes in order for us to grab a hold of what God is trying to hand to us, we have to let go of something else. The example of faith from the Israelites is even when you feel like your back is to a wall, trust that God's got a wrecking ball. God will make a way. But the other example is given to us from the mistake of Pharaoh. Don't try to pursue after something when you've witnessed the power of God in your life and what you're trying to pursue is not where God is leading. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in The Gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.